It's time for Double Coverage, your Santa Cruz County sports leader, presented by the Santa Cruz Sentinel. And now your hosts, Jim Seamus and Juan Reyes. Hey, welcome to the CCS semifinals edition of Double Coverage. I'm Jim Seamus. And I'm Juan Reyes. And producer Tony Solis is out again this week on personal business. So I'll try my best to produce a great show. I'm sure you'll do a bang-up job. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we'll do a, a week wrap-up for, a, excuse me, a season wrap-up, actually, for Santa Cruz and Aptos. Then we'll cover the semifinals for all five divisions in terms of what matchups are taking place. And we'll specifically break down the Division Five semifinals, pitting Scotts Valley against Menlo School. Nice. All this on Double Coverage. Yo, yo, yo. Word. Happy uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Yes. Yes, sir. How's everything going? Wonderful. Yeah. For, for those of you who can't see us, Juan Reyes and I are in the Sentinel office off Church Street, and uh, it's almost uh, the witching hour for uh, for Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, it so, is. Yeah. A lot to give thanks for. Yep, yep. We're, uh, what is it, burning the midnight oil? Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yep, trying to get this uh, podcast up. Yeah. And ready for you guys. But uh, yeah, how was your weekend? Birthday? No? Did uh, you? Last no? weekend, I kind of stretched it out to two weekends. It was oh. pretty cool. And uh, so I guess I'll give thanks for seeing a, a great Guns N' Roses show last week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then for family that I get to argue with. <laughs> and uh, and then pumpkin pie and work. I'm grateful for a lot of things. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like no, same here. I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm thankful for a lot of things to uh, this year. Graduated school. Congrats. From Cal Berkeley. Um, and then uh, came on board with you guys. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to have you here. Nice. Yeah. And like I said, I, and I'm just thankful for uh, having cool uh, co-workers like you guys. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm thankful that it's the CCS semifinals. Yes. Me too. That's pretty cool. Me too. We got <laughs> one one team remaining. With last man standing. Last man standing. But before we get into that, let's see what happened during the first round of the CCS playoffs. Sounds good. Nice. All right. Friday. Uh, we had a CCS Open Division Three game that was between number seven seed Terranova and number two seed Aptos. Terranova beat Aptos 24-14. And in CCS Division Four play, we had number one Gilroy taking out number eight Santa Cruz 41-7. And also in CCS Division Five, we had number six Scotts Valley beating number three Soledad 24-17. Big, big congrats to Louis Walters and his crew for pulling off the quote-unquote upset against the defending CCS Division Four champs. Pretty darn cool for those Falcons. Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm surprised, but not totally shocked about you know the Falcons winning this thing just because they have the roster to get it done. You know, the question was, would they get it done? And uh, they did. They did with a huge win against the Aztecs, man. And uh, you and I both picked Soledad to move on, but uh, were you at all stunned that Scotts Valley won this game? Well, we're both idiots, <laughs> <laughs> and we're left eating crow yeah. on Thanksgiving Day uh, <laughs> while the Falcons are practicing. Yes. Uh, yes and no, just like you. It's hard to beat a team twice in the same season, Yeah, and, uh, and Scotts Valley uh, can be pretty darn solid on defense this year. So they did a number on defense. They got some timely, uh, important scores. <laughs> I say timely. They scored with a minute left in the game. Uh, wow, clutch. They, they skated by, but they did enough to win, you know, and uh, they pulled the upset against the defending Division Four champs, man. So I'm I'm just impressed, most of all, uh, that the Falcons are 
you know, alive and playing with confidence now going to the semifinals. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, you said it. It's it, it is hard to beat a team twice, uh, especially the this last time they uh, they met. I mean, it was such a close game, um, nineteen to three. Um, yes, Scotts Valley was held out of the end zone. But Scotts Valley held solid that to 19 points. Totally. And they did it again. They held them under 20 points, and they got the win. Yeah, that's that's impressive, too. I mean, that's a pretty talented team, Soul, that has, uh, you know, Santa Ana quarterback and a running back. I mean, who returns another 1,000-yard rusher. But Yeah. Ortega, th- right? Yeah, they had yeah. Another, yeah. 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 Ortega. So uh, the Falcons did a lot, a lot of things right, man. It's, it's just I can't believe that. They broke through on offense, though. I mean, they were struggling down the stretch. So yes, they were. That, that's what surprised me most is that they got the points they needed. You know? Yes, yes. Yeah, en- enough to get it done, um, like you said, and, and that's awesome. Congrats again to Louie and, and, and his crew for, for putting together a good game plan and, and coming away with the win. Um, unfortunately, though, for Santa Cruz, man, it, you know they, they saw their season come to an end after a, <clears throat> I want to say, heartbreaking loss um, against the number one seed Mustangs. And I only say heartbreaking for a couple of reasons. Um, okay, first, Gilroy missed a 31-yard field goal on the first drive. I thought that was going to be a momentum changer. I thought that was going to get the Cardinals started and, and maybe, okay, pull off the upset. And then there was plenty of chances for them to score in the first half as well, uh, especially after Anthony Karagianopoulos uh, intercepted a pass in the Gilroy territory, which set them up with perfect field position, and yet they couldn't convert. And um, they also had another golden chance as well uh, after Gilroy fumbled in the first half. And, again, Santa Cruz just – they couldn't convert, man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, – but the thing that killed them, I think, the most – I mean, obviously, it was it was four turnovers. Yeah. Four turnovers by the Cardinals. Um, quarterback Abram Soriano, he threw uh, three interceptions. And I believe Nat- Nathaniel Loza uh, fumbled as well. Um and then one of those Soriano uh, interceptions was a pick six that made it 7-0 early in the first quarter. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it, it just you can't you can't win the game with four turnovers. No, not, no. not in the playoffs. No, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, I talked to Soriano after the game, though. And I mean, despite the loss, he was he was still pumped. He was still stoked that the team got its, you know, got a league title. First one since 1993. And, and they just. They t- the way they turned around their season was was pretty special. This amazing man uh, started off rough and just to end as strong as we did. Uh, obviously, wish we could have went farther in playoffs, but um, obviously, if we're gonna go out, um, I'm glad we went up to Gilroy. They're an, an amazing team, all number one uh, seed for the for this reason, and uh, glad uh, we went out to a number one team. And hopefully, uh, they go out in playoffs and do their thing and try to take it home for them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You know, giving 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 the other team love, even totally. though they you know they, they they pretty much beat them up, but still. Yeah. I mean, for for him to to give them props and for them to for him to wish them luck. Yeah, yeah. In the playoffs, I mean, that's just cool. You always want to lose to the eventual champion, so uh, you know that you become the biggest fan unless you have another like a league team, another league team in there that you know someone from Santa Cruz County in the same division maybe you pull for them. Yeah. Um, perhaps because you'll be future teammates at Cabrillo or beyond exactly. or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the thing I gathered from uh, reading your story that night was that how gracious and classy everyone was. Yep. From both sides. I mean, Gilroy said they came up over here and punched us in the mouth and yeah. we respected them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Santa Cruz like, hey, we lost to a great team and uh, we're glad we played the number one team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and uh, running back... Uh, Christian Rodriguez for for the Mustangs. 
Um, I talked to him after the game, and he was telling me, you know, yeah, the first first half was kind of, you know, it was it was sloppy. You know, I mean, they they couldn't get it going. And the thing that stood out to me though was what he said. Um, he said they weren't expecting the Santa Cruz team to be this good. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, like he said, they got punched in the mouth and they had to punch back. And I asked him straight up. I go, Did, were you guys, you know, was this kind of unexpected? And he said, yeah. Yeah. He's like, they caught us off guard. Yeah. They yeah. caught us off guard. Pretty and, crazy. And, you know? Yeah. No, it's. and But the thing that stood out to me as well was just the way the Cardinals did not give up mm-hmm. in that game. Like, even when it was 34-0 in the third quarter, like, little little to no hope to come back and win. They They still fought, man. And. Especially at the end of the third quarter, when the fourth quarter started, all the Santa Cruz players were throwing up the four, you know, to signal the fourth quarter. Here yeah. we go, <clears throat> and that that just that's that's cool to me, man. That's that's just, that's just awesome. That's 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 the love for the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter what the score is. I mean, you're still out there to play and have fun and, and show what you could do till the final whistle blows. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I I talked to Coach Bubba Trumbull and. Same thing, man. He's just he's proud of that team. He's proud of the way they they turn things around, in the in the as soon as league play started. And yeah, I mean he couldn't be any prouder than than the group of guys uh, for this year. Oh, we're proud of that season. We're proud of this group, especially the senior the seniors that we had this year. Gave us everything all year. People people wrote us off. At, you know when we lost our preseason games and they battled back, got a league title. This was a hell of an ask tonight. That's a good Gilroy football team. They played great football. We gave them a little, you know, we made some mistakes early and we just cut out a hole we couldn't get out of. I'm most proud of their never quit attitude. You know, we could have been written off at 0-4 and, and they said, no, that's not us. We're better than that. And they showed that, you know, and they were able to bring the school a league title that it hadn't had in a long time. So no, I'm nothing but proud of these kids. They're warriors. Warriors indeed. There you go. Well, congrats yeah. to Bubba and his staff and his players. Uh, what a great season for them. You had mentioned the first league title since 93 so now they'll get a banner in their gym and uh, first CCS title, or excuse me, appearance in the playoffs in uh, in eleven seasons. Yeah. Since Bubba's first year as coach, so congrats there. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for making Juan and I eat crow. <laughs> um, we didn't have you guys making it this far. We wrote no. you off after the 0-4 start. Yes. Um, I know it was more than us though. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to no. imagine. I mean, you know, 0-4, no one believes. And, right. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's that's why it's just it's such an incredible year. Uh, that they had uh, turning it around, turning it around like that. And like you said, uh, we wrote them off. Yeah, right. And they proved us wrong. Granted, <laughs> at the very outset of the season during our previews, we did have Santa Cruz and St. Francis right in the mix. No, we didn't. We very, The previews. Oh, the previews. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Okay. It wasn't on aud- like audio, but it was in print. Yeah. Uh, we said they were contenders, but we kind of say everyone's a contender at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but congrats to the Cardinals. What yeah. a great season. Yeah, for sure. Big props. Um, you were you were in Aptos to uh, see that Terra Nova uh, team pull off of the win against the Mariners. I was kind of taken back a little bit after you tweeted out that final score. Well, I think we both took the Mariners, right? Yes. So we're absolutely horrible at our jobs yes. in terms of predicting, predicting and enunciating, clearly. Uh, so, But if, if Aptos wasn't so banged up, it would have been a different <clears throat> score, uh, a different game, perhaps, you know, perhaps different outcome. I guess uh, the toll of playing in the Gablin division uh, was paid for the, by the Mariners. Yes, because, yes, indeed. You know, yeah. you, you take away a stud running back and inside linebacker, Marcos Reyes, 
and uh, you take him out of the game, he's 70% of their offense. Wow. You know, he's a 1,000-yard-plus rusher uh, as a junior. So, And th- things are going to change for the worse. So you take a guy like that out. And But he wasn't the only – he was the only part of it. You know, uh, Bubba Gallardo uh, came back and had just one carry, but he was he was banged up. He played a little bit of the defense, but he wasn't 100%, I don't think. He yeah. would have got more touches mm-hmm. on offense. Running back Will Murphy was out mm-hmm. um, on offense. And um, – and Blake Wheeler, a cornerback and the team's top wide receiver, re- got re-injured early in the game and came out. Wow. So I talked with co- head coach Randy Blankenship, and he discussed uh, how many games and what it's like to play shorthanded like that. Yeah, you got to have bullets in your gun. And uh, hats off to them. And their quarterback and receivers did a great job. And, and uh, it's too bad they missed the call down here when they kicked the punt. That's a 14-point swing, but... You know, we should have tackled better, and, and uh, you know, you get rewarded in the playoffs for playing well. We didn't, we didn't tackle very, very well tonight. I don't even think about next season right now. It's just disappointing for these seniors. Yeah. I mean, they, they're a fun group, uh, they, fun group to coach, and you can see how hurt they are right now. They were visibly upset, and not just in tears, but absolute. Some of them absolute bawling Man. as they gathered on the uh, end zone line, goal line, and embraced. Just bawling, man. Yeah, I almost want to ball whenever yeah. the Raiders lose. Yeah. Dude. But was, uh, these guys are actually playing the game. Yeah, right. You know? I know so, they're I mean, so just, vested. Uh, like yeah. just not just the thirteen <laughs> weeks of the season or whatever, but all the passing leagues and the weight room, yep. six a.m. session weight rooms yep. and sprints and. It's an investment, you know, of body and soul, and it's draining when you don't get an outcome that you've trained so hard from yeah. for. Excuse me. Yeah. And, um, but you know, kudos to Randy and his team and his staff. I mean, they takes they don't get a banner like they did the last six years in the SCCL, but they take second place behind Salinas in the Gablin Division. They opened, if they hadn't opened up enough eyes already, they showed that they're the one of the best in the CCS. Yes. They don't need a section banner for people to talk glowingly about no. the Mariners, Mm-mm. you know, and, uh, and they were, they were just so shorthanded, man. It was just, yeah. they have a great program and it's next man up mentality and they train for that and everyone's prepared and it just wasn't enough. Cause, uh, you know, they're missing six starters at one point. That's a lot. You know, that's like, I'm not saying especially a lot of two way players. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and they kept it close. So, you know, he, he, they, 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 Randy talked about the punt. There's an Aptos punt that went off a turnover player. Mm-hmm. The Mariners recovered it and actually brought it into the end zone, but the referees, the officials said, uh, you know, no, it didn't touch the guy's leg. Wow. But they're saying, like, we have it on film that it did, you know? Yeah. And then uh, and there's another mm-hmm. series where the Mariners marched to the one-yard line before turning down, turning the ball over on downs. Damn. So, I mean, there's two plays right there. You, you mentioned, you know, he mentioned a 14-point swing. This game could have gone either way. And for them to do that, what they did shorthanded was thoroughly impressive. And then again, kudos to Terranova. Yeah. You know, they were playing explosive on offense. Yeah, the Mariners didn't tackle well, but running backs, uh, running back Brandon Alua and receivers Jackson Kubel and Richard Walls, they were phenomenal. You wow. know, they're all over the field. So congrats to the Tigers. They had 516 yards of offense. Mariners didn't tackle well. They were shorthanded. No excuses. Yeah. I talked with uh, quarterback Hunter Matthijs of the Mariners after the game, and he kind of said about this about why the Mariners fell short. It hurts us, but with Marcos, uh, he's just a great running back. Take him out of the offense. 
puts a little bit of a hole in our offense, but I think our seniors and our juniors, everyone who stepped up and played, they did the best they could, moved the ball the best we could. We didn't really put the ball on the ground, so that's a plus. So I think just losing them just made other people step up. Um, our good props to O-line. They got us moving down the field. We knew we needed a good drive to get going, and we did the best we could. We got as far as we could. We should have got in, but sadly didn't happen. Yeah, yep. that's a bummer, man. Yep. So you don't always need to win it. To only five teams in the whole CCS, more than 120 schools, only five of them win CCS titles. Wow. So we know the Mariners are pretty damn good. We know the Santa Cruz Cardinals are pretty good. We know St. Francis, which didn't even make the playoffs, is pretty good. Yeah. We know that Scotts Valley is pretty good, and they're alive. They're the last man standing. Wow. So. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool, man. That's it. Yeah, you know? congrats to them. So. Sure. Yeah, at this point, we have a grand total of 20, if my math, I'm, I'm not a math major, <laughs> 20 teams left, five times four. So that sounds about 20 to me. Uh, let's right. comb through the five divisions and the semifinals and who advanced and who's alive and who they're playing and where. In open division one, the cream of la cream, uh, the number six seed, Los Gatos Wildcats, beat up on Piedmont Hills 42 to 21. They'll play number three seed Salinas. Uh, the Cowboys beat number seven seed Palo Alto 14 to seven. So Los Gatos at Salinas Friday night at seven. On the other side of the bracket, we have number five seed Menlo Atherton playing at number one seed and still unbeaten, the Milpitas Trojans. Uh, Milpitas beat up on uh, number eight Bellarmine 35 to seven, while the uh, Menlo Atherton team knocked off uh, San Benito. 37 to 21. So that's your open division one semifinals. All right. Uh, open division two semifinals. <clears throat> First matchup, we have a number three seed, St. Francis, going up against the number two seed, Aragon. St. Francis beat number six, Wilcox, 52 27. And Aragon went on to beat uh, number seven, Westmount, 41 uh, 23. That game between St. Francis and Aragon will be on Friday at 7 p.m. And on the other side, we have number four, Valley Christian, uh, going up against Junipero Serra. Uh, and that's the other semifinals match. Valley Christian beat number five, Oak Grove, 36 zip. And Junipero beat Archbishop Mitty, who was the number eight seed, 52 to seven. And uh, this game will be played at Junipero Serra on Saturday at 1 p.m. That should be. It should be an interesting game right there. Totally. Yeah. yeah uh, wow. Okay. So that Oak Grove and Westmont lost, and that's 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 the Monterey, uh, or excuse me, Mount Hamilton Athletic uh, League's <laughs> top division, the Mount Hamilton division, right there. They got kind of cleaned out. Yeah. Uh, in the Open Division Three, we have number three Palma knocking off number six Seaside, forty-two to twenty-eight. The Chieftains will face number seven Terranova, which, as we mentioned, knocked off Aptos twenty-four to fourteen. Uh, so number seven, Terranova, the surprise team wow. right now. Yeah. On the other side of the bracket, we have number five seed, Live Oak. Uh, the Acorns knocked off number four, Sacred Heart Cathedral, 28 to 21. The Acorns will face unbeaten number one seed, Half Moon Bay. The Cougars of Half Moon Bay knocked out Burlingame, 38 to 20. So both those games are Friday night at 7 p.m. Palma's game will be in Salinas. At Rubble Bank Stadium and Half Moon Bay will hold their uh, hold their game in Half Moon Bay in the fog. Nice. So yeah. <clears throat> and, and I was looking at uh, Terra Nova. That 
they think they're the lowest seed. Yeah. Left, right? Left, yeah. Seven. They're a good team, though. Yeah. No, 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 no. They are. For yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, moving on to Division 4, uh, we have number six, Alisal, going up against number two, Christopher. Alisal beat number three, uh, Branham. That was a 30-7 to seven game. And Christopher beat up on Cupertino 51-7. to seven. Uh, Cupertino was the number seven seed in that match. Uh, in the semifinals uh, match between Alisal and Christopher, that'll be at Christopher High in Gilroy uh, on Saturday at 1 p.m. And on the other side, we have Santa Clara beating uh, Independence. Um, Santa Clara was the number four seed, Independence number five. Uh, that was that game went all the way into double overtime with Santa Clara winning 33-27. And uh, they will be going up against Leland, uh, the number one seed, who beat number eight, Willow Glen, 10-7. And uh, this game will be at Leland on Friday at 7 p.m. And in the division you care most about, Division 5, we have Skies Valley beating Soledad, as you heard, 24-17. Menlo School knocked off uh, Jefferson 35-8 last week, and Menlo's the number two seed. So Skies Valley goes to Menlo uh, College, actually, to on Saturday at 1 p.m. And, uh, yeah, that should be a fun game. And then on the other side of the bracket, number four, Hillsdale, knocked off number five, Sobrato, 28-7. And number one, and still unbeaten, Gilroy beat Santa Cruz uh, 41-7. So Hillsdale, Hillsdale will uh, f- travel to Gilroy Friday, 7 p.m. And, again, Scotts Valley goes to face Menlo at Menlo College Saturday at 1. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's jump into that uh, Division Five matchup between... Scotts Valley yeah. and Menlo. Nice. Well, it's the fifth CCS appearance under Coach Louis Walters, who has led the Falcons to 10 postseason appearances in his 18 years as head coach. Scotts Valley is trying to break through for its first championship game appearance. So Nice. Yeah, um, see here. On the other hand, on the other side, Menlo has made this section final three times, uh, twice in Division Four in 2009 and 2012 and most recently in the division five uh which was last year and where they came up short yeah and then uh, <coughs> let's see here these teams have played each other and last time they played was in 2015 where scotts valley won 28 to 14 it's the team's only matchup right am i right yeah only yeah. a lifetime meeting lifetime meeting yeah Pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, Scotts Valley has been around since 2000 or so. So, last 17 years, they've never met until two years ago. Yeah. So, Menlo is um, 7 and 4, as you may have heard. They're champion of the Peninsula Athletic League's Ocean Division uh, under coach Mark Newton, who's a veteran over there for the Knights. Mm. Uh, the Knights are ranked number 259 in the state by maxpreps.com. Scotts Valley sits at number 467. Uh, as you may know or may not, there <laughs> are more than a thousand schools with football programs in the state. Wow! So both are upper echelon, as the playoffs semifinals appearance would indicate. They're up in that top uh, top half, top run, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> for sure. Uh, let's see here. The Knights close out the regular season with losses, though. Um, one of them was to Sacred Heart Prep, the other to Sequoia, but they rebounded with a lopsided thirty-four to eight win over Jefferson in the first round of the CCS D5 playoffs. Yeah, let's just jump into their schedule a little bit more. Yeah. Um, of the, those are the back-to-back losses to close the season. 
But uh, they opened the season with a 16-9 loss to uh, East Nicolaus. I said it really fast so you would know that I miss... When I know that I Nicolaus, mi- no? Nicolaus? N-I-C-O-L-A-U-S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Nicolaus doesn't have their mascot, but they're 12-0 and on the year. Wow. So, and they lost 16-9 to them. And then they also lost to, three weeks later, they lost to Palma, 29-14. Uh, so this Menlo team is pretty pretty darn solid. Yeah. And um, those are their losses. I mean, the Falcons have four losses as well, uh, but not as impressive. Um, I mean, the scores may have been because they're close, but some of them. The Falcons have lost to Terranova. 63 to 21. As you know, Turnover just <coughs> took it to yeah. Aptos a little Beat bit. Aptos, yeah. And, uh, up, yeah. yeah. And then they lost 13 to 7 to Napomo. And Napomo ended up the year uh, 4 and 7. So that wasn't too great, but that was a pretty darn good team. Then they lost 19 to 3 to Soledad in league play. And then 7 to 6 to SLV in the regular season finale. So the Falcons have lost uh, quite a few close games. But I like I like Menlo's schedule in terms of difficulty a little bit more, um, even though they both play in B divisions. Yeah. So. No, yeah, this should uh, this should definitely be an interesting matchup, man. Um, especially, I mean, they, well, I mean, Scotts Valley they they've got a pretty solid roster, and mm-hmm. I mean, so does uh, so do the Knights. Sure. Yeah, especially they they got a, a pair of uh, quarterbacks that yeah. they've been using throughout the season. Um, <coughs> They've been using senior Emilio Sembeck a little bit more, though, than than usual. Um, He's pretty much the guy that's been under center the whole year. He's uh, completed uh, 125 of 227 attempts for 1,739 yards with 22 touchdowns and just five interceptions. And then on the other side, we have sophomore, or on the other side, but his teammate, sophomore Kevin um, Alicorn, He's uh he's seen some action a little bit, but you know he's he's seen some action, and uh, he has a little bit higher quarterback rating than Simbeck, but he like I say he hasn't been in there as much, so he's only twenty four of thirty six for three hundred eighty nine yards, but he does have six touchdowns with zero interceptions. Yeah, he's got his quarterback ratings right around one fifty. Wow. Simbeck is sitting right around a hundred. Okay. Um, God, look at that though, two hundred twenty seven attempts and just five interceptions. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's man. pretty pretty yeah. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so and yeah. disgusting as in they don't make many errors. <laughs> so yeah, and then you know Alarcon just he threw a touchdown last week in their in their playoff win. So he'll get in there. But Simbeck is definitely their guy. Kind of a contrast of offenses. Uh, you know the Knights have both teams have killer defenses, and uh, but the Knights have a spread attack, and then um, you know Scotts Valley. Likes to pound the ball. So a little contrast there, uh, and it should be interesting to see how they, you know, which team can control the ball more. So uh, the Knights are, uh, like I said, they passed the ball. They've thrown for 28 touchdowns this year. They've run for 14. Running back Aiden Israelski. I said that really fast uh, just to avoid uh, (laughs) Israelski. Yeah. uh, has 53 carries for 402 yards with five touchdowns in five games. He might be kind of injured, banged up. We don't know how much action he'll see. The guy they'll probably see back there is junior Dylan Grady. Um, he uh, has 73 attempts for t- 425 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. So they really don't run that much, but when they do, they are effective. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you, uh, you said that uh, 
they don't run much yet. They got 14 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And they passed for 28. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a big contrast right there. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and speaking of uh, catching touchdowns, I mean, we have uh, wide receiver David Shamir, uh, who has caught 33 catches, <laughs> who has caught the ball 33, 33 times for 678 yards and 11 touchdowns. And his teammate, Landon Smith, has four touchdown grabs and eight players have a touchdown reception. Yeah, they, they spread the ball around. There's no yeah. favorites for Simbeck. Uh, you know, anyone could do the damage yeah. in, in that spread attack. Yeah. So, well, we like to uh, give shouts out or praise to everyone. That's true. Running backs, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. receivers, yep. water boys, yep, yep. cheerleaders, fans. The PA. The PA. That's <laughs> Justin has. Everyone. Everyone. But the one we don't give uh, any love to ever, and wrongfully so, is lineman. And so today, we're going to make it up to you. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lineman. Who is this guy? <laughs> who, who, is, who is he? We're not going to tell you. We're, gonna, we're only going to give you initials. Yeah. Because that's what he goes by. Uh, two-way lineman, J.H. Tevis. All six foot five, 227 pounds of him. He's a Stanford legacy. That means his dad played for the Cardinal. Oh, okay. Who has committed to Cal. Golden Bears? Yeah. So J.H. Tevis is D1 bound next year to play for the Golden Bears. He has 30 tackles for a loss of yards as a defensive end, including 14 sacks. Wow. And that's a down year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he also has 11 quarterback hurries. No, seriously, this guy's a game changer. Uh, he had a team high 125 tackles last year with a state-leading 22.5 sacks last season as a junior. Wow. So... Damn, that's yeah. a Michael Strahan level right there. I'm going to just watch <laughs> this guy. I want to see how the Knights can try and double-team this guy to s- slow him down, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy. Gonna be tough. Yeah, and then uh, they also got some other studs on that defensive line as well. Uh, Bailey Dieter, who has a team high this year, 88 tackles, and uh, he also has 13 tackles for loss of yards. And uh, his teammate, Cooper Stewart, who is foot four, 200 pounds, also has 13 tackles for loss of yards. Yeah, they have so many guys that could hit you behind the line of get scrimmage and get it done yeah. and make that stop, you know? Yep, yep. Um, get the offense rolling backwards. It's kind of a scary proposition to type face, to, to game plan for, knowing that you're going to have so much pressure if you try and drop back to pass. And, and the Knights are incredibly good at stopping the run, too. So yeah. the Falcons will definitely have their hands full. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, no, no, I was gonna say you, yeah. you talked about stopping the run, sure. But they also they they got some studs in the backfield as well, um, defensive backfield, uh, especially junior Dylan Grady, who has eight of the team's thirteen interceptions, and he's also the team leading. He's also the team's leading rusher with seventy three attempts for four hundred twenty five yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so he'll, we'll see him on both sides of the ball. He'll be. Yeah. He's a, a definitely. I mean, not a lot of touches on offense, but. Uh, almost as many on defense with, wow, eight interceptions. So Scotts Valley has been held to seven or points or less in three of its final, or was held to seven points or less in three of its final four regular season games, but they broke through a, a bit with that 27-14 win over Soledad. Yep. Um, we talk, I spoke with Louis Walters after they got back on the bus from Soledad. He's pretty excited, and he said this about their victory. Ah, you know, the kids played well. You know, we had kind of been in a funk the last few weeks, um, CCS, new season. You know, we, we t- it was a lead change back and forth. We took the lead, and they took the lead, and they were up 14-7 and a half, and we had a great 
end of third, fourth quarter. Yeah, Kyle Raymond, you know, he's pretty electric. And then, you know, we went back to the old Scotts Valley, grind the football and drove down the length of the field for the win. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, you know, excited. Louie was and um, yeah, and, and it was a cold night and, uh, you know, but I got them right when they got back and Anthony Locatelli spoke to me near the exhaust pipes <laughs> of the bus still running. We should have just been rubbing our hands together for heat, man. It was a cold night. She just got in the bus. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was so loud, man. Even, even yeah. though the kids were exhausted, uh, yeah. there were still also others were still pumped up like Anthony. He had this to say about the win. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like it, it was going back and forth between us and Soledad for a while, but our O line just kept pounding and kept pu- pushing. Ryan Constantine kept running the ball hard. It just kept playing great. Yeah, we just every every day in practice we just knew they were gonna be a tough team to beat. So we just came out here every day in practice, worked hard as we could, and we got the W out of it. So Locatelli sounded excited there and had reason to be. He uh, ran for 100 plus yards and a pair of touchdowns, one in the first quarter and one in the fourth quarter with under a minute left in the game. Game winner, huh? Yep, the game winner. So (laughs) a great game for Anthony, and Ryan Conte also played a key role in that, as did all the linemen. I mean, just kind of a ground-and-pound type game and and control the ball, sustained drives. Yeah. So the Falcons will need another big game uh, like that and another big week from Locatelli and fellow back Ryan Conte. Um, You know, they have some other studs that they like to use to get involved. Yeah, and uh, among them, Kyle Raymond, the receiver, he scored on a long punt return. Yeah, uh, b- hold on before we go. Yes, before we go any further, sure. I just want to say that Raymond is awesome because <laughs> this is his first year playing football. Yeah, and he's having an outstanding year. I mean, I, since the first time I saw him play, and then Louis told me, "Oh yeah, this is his first year playing football." I thought he was joking with me. Yeah. I thought he was joking with me, for real. Yeah. But no. no. Uh, yeah, this kid, first year playing varsity football, and that's awesome. He plays He plays with confidence and acts like he's been there before. But he's he's an athlete, and he's no stranger to the field in general. Right. Uh, on a soccer pitch, he is the MVP of the Santa Cruz Coast Athletic League last year mm-hmm. as a junior. And, um, you know, he his parents own a... A gym, you know, a trampoline gym. So this kid's out there doing somersaults. He used to do somersaults after every goal he scored <laughs> uh, until he was getting some yellow cards for them. But Uh-oh. the kid's an athlete, capital A, yeah. you know. And one, one of several on, you know, we mentioned that the Knights have a ton of them. Well, the Falcons have a pretty decent amount too. And some of them have gotten more ink or airtime than others. But uh, this should be a pretty darn good game. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Um we talked about the defense, uh, defensive backs as well, and and Kyle Rajala. He's you know even though he's the team's quarterback, he's back there making interceptions as well. Yeah. So that's that's going to be key for them. Um, yeah, he had two last week. Yeah. In the win over Soldad. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. He's 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 going to have to have a big game, especially against a Menlo team that loves to pass the ball. Tilly. Yeah. Tilly. Yeah. Well, so we mentioned Dylan Grady with eight interceptions. Yeah. Well, Rajla's right around that total too. So wow. if you want to start going playmaker for playmaker, you you know, you mentioned J.H. Tevis, and we got a guy on the other side of the ball who wants should play with a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't have a scholarship. But Carson Spence is the stud linebacker who's six foot six, six foot seven, uh, weighs a little bit more than that. He's about two, I think he weighs more than two twenty seven, okay. which is what Tevis weighs. Um, so you know, tit for tat type thing. I mean. Whatever, uh, apples to oranges, whatever, oranges to oranges. I mean, the Falcons have studs too. Yeah. No, no, definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I think 
I think we should expect. I think we should expect the Falcons to 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 run the ball a lot in this game. They're going to be a run-heavy team. Um, even though I like what Rajola is doing uh, with his arm, but no, they they got to get they got to get the ball to Carson Carson Spence, man. He's they do. He's uh, he's been their stud pretty much throughout the whole year um, at the tight end position and then position. And then Kyle Raymond again. We mentioned him, or you mentioned him a little bit ago. Um, he needs to step up as well, and and, and just kind of take some pressure off of Rajala totally. and, and those two running backs as well. You can't, you can't put the whole totally. You can't put you can't put everything on him. Yeah, you can't put everything on both of those running backs. So no, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, there, there's an impetus or whatever to uh, to be perfect, but I don't think the Falcons f- should feel like they need to. Maybe <clears throat> I mean Menlo's the higher seed; they're hosting. But I mean, for but if you're really looking at a win, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to go right for the Falcons, yeah, uh, because they have so many studs on both sides of the ball for the Knights. So I mean, like Rajla, you know, just in general, he has to have nice clean handoffs uh, to the running exchanges to the running backs. Yep, yep. He's got to make smart decisions when passing downfield. Yeah. Throw it away Don't if he's in trouble. It. Yeah, yeah, but he's going to have half seconds or second, you know, a couple seconds if that to react and then he's going to be scrambling for his life yeah you know i mean because like you we mentioned tevis dieter stewart those are just three guys that just bring the, the they bring the house you know and so they have to complete passes and uh this is where the screen game comes you know yeah right know? i mean no, for sure though yeah because i mean you you kind of i mean they're, they're probably gonna be expecting those quick slants those quick mm-hmm. outs or whatever Hey, throw them off with the screen. Yeah, you know, sure. Catch them off their feet. Don't you know? I love love me a bubble screen. Yeah, me too. So yeah, they're gonna have to. I expect some trickery from the Knights. I'm excuse me from the Falcons. From the Falcons. They do it every year at some point in the season. And um, why not the playoffs? I mean, but who knows when? You know when that big play comes, whether it be a fake punt or you know whatever. It's just you never, onside to open the kick. Yeah, the game onside, no. Yeah, right. You never know. Like <laughs> yeah, you expect no, the sure. unexpected. Both teams will. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that the Knights won't try some trickery as well. So just because there's so much game field out there and there's been 11 games thus far and these teams know each other pretty well, yeah, uh, know who the studs are, and you kind of just want to mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, the Falcons, I just I, just, I like <laughs> that the Knights can, if they, they could play catch up easier than the Falcons can. Yes. You know, yes. being a pass team, uh, you know, airing it out, a, sp- a spread team. Yeah. Whereas the Falcons run a lot and they haven't busted many big play runs for touchdowns. Right. Or whatever. That was kind of weird sounding. But I mean, that's why Kyle Raymond's 60 yard or touchdown uh, punt <laughs> return punt touchdown return. was mm-hmm. so huge last week. Yeah. You know, because that was a big touchdown. Yeah. No, that's that's one of the things that concerns me as well. Um, just, you know, if, if the Falcons get down early mm-hmm. you know it's it, it, it it'll be a much tougher task for them to make a comeback than menlo because they're they're a pass heavy yeah, team totally versus versus scott's valley where they rely more on the run yeah totally and, <clears throat> i mean i'm not saying roger Lee can't do it but it'll be a tougher task for him to do it totally yeah i agree <laughs> so uh just a tough tall order uh yeah for the falcons in terms of you know the, the Knights, man, they have yeah. so many guys. They, they have like 33. They have, they have 38 pl- sacks on the season. Yeah. And then another dozen hurries, if not more than that, actually. Yeah. And just the quarterbacks on – the opposing quarterback is on the run nonstop, you know. Yeah. And they're pretty good – the Knights are pretty good at stopping the run as well. So uh, definitely <sighs> – 
a lot of work cut out for the Falcons here. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's, yeah. I think, I think this is a really, really, really tough uh, matchup for them. Um, and I, I don't know. I think Menlo might have the, a slight edge mm-hmm. because you talked about it, their schedule, uh, teams that they've lost to. Uh, a little bit more impressive than the teams that Scotts Valley has lost to. I'm not saying Terra Nova is not a good team. No, I get you. But you know what I'm saying? So, with all that said, uh, I'm going to have to take the Knights. Okay. Um, I think the Knights are going to win as well. But I'm going to take Scotts Valley for the upset factor. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we neither one of us expected them to win at Soledad last week. Right. So, I think, you know, the ebbs and flows of the game and momentum changes – are not only play-to-play in, in football, but week-to-week. And yeah. I think they're riding a high that they want to – the motivation is obviously there for them to reach their first section final. And at the outset of the year, they I'm pretty sure that they thought this was one of the better Scots Valley teams and a team to do it. Yeah, They hit a little funk down the end of the season. Right. Um, but maybe they bounce back. So, um, you know, who knows? I just – it should be a pretty good game, well-contested. I'm going to go with the Falcons with an upset pick. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to pull off an upset. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. Okay. A very little chance. Very little very, chance. Very, little, but, very but slim. Slim. Yes. But but it's there, though. It's you you have there. faith in them. Right? <clears throat> so. well, well, yeah, that's, it's tough, man. I mean, I, like I said, I, I want to I pick Scotts Valley, but I think Menlo, I think they're a little bit, little, slightly a little bit better. Yeah. Not, not by much. But I think they have just that edge, just should, a little bit. Should be a darn good game. Should be a good one, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that about does it up. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Double Coverage. I'm Juan Reyes. And I'm Jim Seamus. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates on your favorite local teams. Find that and more at SantaCruzSentinel.com. Backslash football. Until next time.